Do you want to know what what my like most like abundantly joy filled? There there's there are so many um, memories and experiences. Mm-hmm. I know it is the high five. Monday night. It was I. And I just, I sat and I watched, I don't remember how many people were in there. I want to say 25, 26 people in the class and then yeah. a couple others. I don't know if Darby, if you've had the chance to the see video. the video. Yeah, I but, saw the video. I mean, the whole class had that feeling. It was an hour of just, I, I can't put it into words. And I just, I was sort of, while I was there, experiencing it I was watching (laughs) for him and and I was just my joy was coming from that and I that's gonna that'll be that was one of those it was just one of those everything came together perfect that night (laughs) and so that little snippet was a piece of the final chapter of vitality and this episode is going to be the final wrap-up of the physical studio I brought back Darby and Lisa. They were the two people that were closest to me as all these decisions were being made and all these experiences were happening and all the information was coming in. So I thought it'd be fun to get their perspective. The the big pieces of this episode um, are one, I just want, I hope that you take away how much I appreciated being a part of this experience and what a wonderful, truly, truly wonderful opportunity it was to be a part of vitality at the end i do talk a little bit about what's going to happen next and that what's going to happen next um i didn't go into a ton of details about it and i'm still not going to lay everything out but i will say it's absolutely not a goodbye Uh, i will be back teaching here in arizona in 2020 And I will be teaching at least monthly here in Arizona in 2020. And I'm excited to do that. So I'm looking forward to getting to see you again face to face. And I just want you to know I miss you. I appreciate you. And thank you for being you. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legendary. Can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. All right, welcome to becoming legendary. I'm back again, back-to-back episodes with Lisa and Darby. We decided that we could continue kind of a conversation the timing of the last episode um was just before a decision was made that we would close down the vitality studio so for this podcast um just an opportunity to to discuss what went on at the studio for six years and um, how it came to its final conclusion. So, Darby and Lisa, welcome to Becoming Legendary. All right. Thanks for having us back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Patrick. (laughs) Hi. So both of you guys uh, were there on a daily basis 
um, over the end of the year. And then as the studio actually shut down and, and that time between the studio shut down or times between when the decision was made, which was very quick between when everyone was notified and then kind of the aftermath of that. And I just want to kind of start out with my thoughts on, on what went down. Cause I think it was, uh, Vitality, I, I've had some interesting people reach out to me over the course of the last month um, from all different walks of life and experiences with Vitality. Um, I think every single person that communicated with me, my answer was pretty, pretty similar and pretty the same and that I was incredibly grateful for Vitality. The experience and the opportunity of being a part of Vitality for me was one of, if not the most transformative experiences of my life. And um, there just were lots of, of waves and maze turns in the Vitality experience for me, but every single one of them was just perfect in a way that it just happened the way the universe wanted it to play out. So I've really consistently had that same experience of what a lucky person I am to have experienced vitality from, from start to finish. Uh, Lisa and Darby, both of you guys spend, spent, spent a remarkable amount of time at vitality, um, especially over the last five months. Um, at least a little longer than just the last five months. <laughs> <laughs> but over the last five months, um, you guys took probably more classes than anyone else at Vitality. So the the experience of, of studios being pulled away is something that, that was shared by everybody, right? It's not, there's nothing unique in that people have not had the ability to go to studios, but there, there is a growing experience of, of yoga students, of, of yoga studios closing. Um, what has that, what is that, cessation of the initial practice and then and then finding out that the studio was closed how did that feel for both of you guys i mean it was hard uh as as you said like both lisa and i were at the studio every day like oftentimes we would take multiple classes a day um and to have that immediate like stop was just kind of like it the first couple days it like didn't feel real and i think you had like a you you have this talent to like really like see big picture and so like I think when it all went down I was I never would have guessed that it was gonna stay like closed for a longer longer period than <laughs> than what it is but um yeah it was just it I mean to have that in just like as as such a crucial part of our like daily routine to then have it cease was um yeah, I mean it. It was, it was a shock, and um, you think yeah. you felt it more physically or mentally? Mentally, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I could feel it physically too, but the yeah, I think it was a more of a mental, mentally hard than physically. Yeah. What was that experience like for you, Lisa? Well, I had the, you know, a shared perspective with Darby and anyone else as a student, but I had some other things going on in my life at the same time. So 
I had just come back from Iowa from burying my mother. Yeah. And so I was a little bit just in a twilight zone of, of my own, basically, at that time. And then and then the studio had to be shut down. So I had the... I'm very, very grateful that I was there that Friday with you on the last few classes that were taught. We didn't know those were going to be the last classes, but there was a definite feeling in the air in those moments, and it was very emotional. So my, my experience has largely been uh, an emotional loss. I'm starting to feel the physical for sure, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's an easier fix. Really. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, to, I wonder what that, I wonder what that collective experience is like, because I think one of the great fears for me as a yoga teacher, um, is that you're, you are relegated to a movement coach essentially. And in fairness for many people, you are right. I, there are there are plenty of benefits to moving appropriately um, and properly and getting your body uh, to, to physically expand but I do think yoga is unique in a in in our exercise world right yoga gets grouped into exercise but I think that it's a it's a much bigger opportunity if you're willing to open the door so the fact that both of you felt that mental pull first is like something that uh, makes me really happy. And I wonder and I hope that there are there are more <laughs> I hope there are more students who felt that. Or that that seems weird, right? It seems weird to say that I hope that, but that's the truth. The the studio's closed, so um, the out the best outcome in that in that situation, uh is that people did feel the mental component first. Vitality um, was what, like I had taken, I would do yoga like once a week as, as an exercise. It would be like my active rest day thing um, that I did and I enjoyed it. But Vitality showed me how yoga is so much more than, than just the phys- physical expansion. Um, my, first, <laughs> my first time coming to the studio was your, uh, your first um, Cultivating Joy and I mean, Lisa, you know, that, that session, like, ripped me apart in a way that I, like, like, it was, it was, like, I felt feelings that I had literally never felt ever, <laughs> and it was, um, I mean, part of me is, like, what is going on? Like, I was, like, par- partially, like, scared, because of the feelings, like, it was, it, it, la- it wasn't just during the practice, like, it was, like, I took it home with me, I was, like, feeling things the next day, and, like, so there was part of me that was like terrified by that. And the other part of me was like, chase this feeling like this is some, this is like something special. Um, yeah. And that was something that I had never, um, like experienced or yeah, I had never experienced that before vitality. So to me, like from the get go, vitality was, um, a place of like mental and emotional growth and like learning and yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's the day I met you, and I think we both cried through that entire yeah. class, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, for me wasn't my first experience like that, but my, my first ever yoga class in my life was at Vitality. But I have taken other places 
either when I'm traveling or if I get invited to go somewhere. And nothing ever had the feeling, ever. And, you know, it's it's how open you are, I think, maybe. It's how open you are to receiving what's being offered. Um, you can use it just exercise yeah. or you, yeah. what's, being, what's being offered to you. And, and I tried to do that, and it definitely impacted my life yeah. permanently for the better. I feel like it's, it's, it is like you have to be open to it, but it's also like, I mean, you, Patrick, as a teacher and like a lot of the other teachers at Vitality, like they are also like authentic people, you know, and I, like I had gone to like some of the like chain yoga studios and it's like, you could tell that, you know, they're saying some of the like similar like lines, but it's, it just didn't feel, it felt like fake, like phony, um, almost. And it's, I don't know, like it was, it's like the teachers at Vitality were just like real, like they cared and they like, they believed in the like magic of yoga. And when you have a leader that, that truly like believes in what they're teaching and um, like follows that practice as well, like it's, as a student, I felt like much eager to be able to like learn from them and grow from them. Yeah, I think that Vitality had a really unique group of teachers, um, really unique group of students too, which all came together in a really cool place. For me, the experience of Vitality, there's like a pre-2019 and a post-2019. And the post-2019 Vitality was just really incredibly beautiful and special. And there was so... There was such a shift in the energy of the physical space and the energy of the of the students and the energy of the teachers towards this really tight knit collective of of, of really rad people, uh, and I think it resonated and filled that physical space so that when you walked into that space. It just changed you. It really, it really changed you, and it had the capacity to change you. Because there are definitely people that didn't change, right? There are definitely people that came to Vitality, and uh, we didn't impact them the way that that I would have hoped to. But it could have. It was there. It, well, the space was there. You're you're sitting in a room with a with an accountant who uh, has as stressful of an existence in the daytime as anyone and it didn't all I had to do was open the door but that's all I had to do just be in there breathing the air it would erase everything in a quick second you couldn't bring it with you I couldn't bring it with me it had to leave so it was it's a pretty amazing place in my world one of the one of the things that's really interesting about your time at Vitality Lisa is that it like you came in as uh, a lot of uh, vitality students come in, right? Which was just kind of curiosity or attachment to the vibration plate, and then um, exclusively participating in vibration classes, right? Yeah. So there, at that time, there were fifteen minute classes, and that was pretty much what you did. That's all I did because you had like you lived a busy life; you didn't have time for anything mm-hmm. else. Um, and the concept of vitality, 
right? Really was to create this place where people who lived busy lives and didn't have time could come spend 15 minutes, change the way that they felt about themselves and their day and their existence and their experience, and then get back and, and do life again on days when you didn't have time. The problem is, right, we always tell ourselves we don't have time. Um, but then on those other days, when you did have time, you could take the full length yoga class and like make that a part of, of your own healing, your own healing practice. And I, I was never able to really connect those dots for people. Um, but it worked like somehow you, did, you connected it. No, you connected it. You did it. You challenged me. Okay. I was able to connect those dots for a few people, but I was not able to connect those dots for enough people to have a successful business. Okay, well, we can can talk about that. But I do think that's the interesting point, right, is it was all there. Like, it was all there. And the fact that it didn't work was no one's fault other than my own, but... Man, if you like came in and you just embraced what was available to you in that place, it could change your life and it could do it at in a 15 minute session or it could do it in in three hours, right? Like you had the ability to choose your own adventure there and that was really the that was really the failure. So the reality is my reality, my, my experience of, of being in the fitness industry was that if you want to be financially successful, you essentially have to kind of sell your soul, right? You need to do things that you don't truly believe in um, and that aren't necessarily best for the consumers because what you, what you want, what, what really works and what's really successful is you gamify things you you put numbers and you start to just kind of hack into human psychology and you get people addicted to things that aren't necessarily benefiting them right like the most successful fitness industry the most successful fitness franchise on the planet right now is orange theory and it's just a bunch of bogus cardio (laughs) where they put a heart rate monitor on the screen and then they tell you some ridiculous calorie count that has no real equation to your health but because there's stats and there's numbers in front of people it's like people are addicted to it thrilled by it and think that it's the greatest thing ever the reality is that if we wanted to be financially successful there i the blueprint is like really obvious to me now um but it doesn't it's not what's best for people and that that was a that's a really frustrating that's a really frustrating realization. I do think that there's the capacity to kind of create a, a business that is profitable and can support a lifestyle where you can live normally uh, without without making those compromises. But I think that if you're actually looking at at being successful and doing this on a on a mass scale. You have to you have to take away things like inconsistency in the schedule. Uh, you have to and and inconsistency in the schedule was a, a built-in feature. It wasn't a bug. It was that the idea was to force you to take classes 
that were different because yeah, you could take a fit vibe seven days a week at the same time. People will do that. They will become addicted to that and they will do that every single day and you can make more money doing that, but that's not what's best for people. And that was, that was a really hard thing to figure out. Um, and it just, it doesn't, it's not a, it, it's not a remarkably fun thing to think about, uh, putting yourself back into a place where you have to do that to, to be financially viable. So I think long winded component of this is somehow Lisa, you found your way like from the path of that. Okay. You can get here sometimes to the path where you were taking yoga seven days a week, full length yoga classes, seven days a week. And, and I had I had plenty of time, and you and all of a sudden time materialized <laughs> time, as well. Time was not and yeah. You, it's funny because, I mean, I legitimately was and am, you know, on the busier side in in that yeah. group of people that that is just has that much going on in life. Um, it became a really natural priority. So it, yeah. at first it was more of okay. I'll make the time. It was great that it was appointment-based because then I had a commitment. I got there. I was always happy that I did. And it evolved, you know, relatively quickly and relatively powerfully to I leaving the office whether I'm done or not because I'm not going to be late for yoga. And I think you can, like, I was the early student every <laughs> single day. I think I was only late to one class in, in the entire Vitality <laughs> career. I, I really think I mean, that evolution for you was really incredible. Um, it was life-changing. Life-changing for me, too. Right? Like, just watching watching how that became such a priority. Uh, and also watching how, because we all can get to the position where we feel like we have no time in life to do anything. Like, that's a, that's a remarkably easy thing sure. to do. Um, and yet you figured it out. Like you figured it out to the point where you could fit an hour and a half, an hour and a half. Like that's not an insignificant portion of the day. There's only 24 of those hours in a single day. And, and some of that time at least is spent unconscious. So it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it was, uh, and I didn't, n nothing, uh, nothing was compromised. I didn't give anything else up yeah. for it. If yeah. anything, I was probably more productive. Yeah. And then, Darby, you're, you're like kind of five months at the studio, roughly, um, coincided with your, your brain injury. Mm -hmm. So you like had this climbing life pulled away. And then yoga was kind of there as this more gentle uh, capacity to move. How did, how did the transition or how did that time where you made the kind of shift in away from something that you could no longer do in this time to something that even sometimes was challenging for the brain. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been hard. Like, I won't say, I won't, I won't try to downplay it at all. Um, yeah, my life, I felt like kind of just got, like, flipped upside down. I went from packing, like, all of the physical activity I could into my day from like the moment I woke up until 10 p.m. at night um and I and I love that and um I love I love that part of my life um but 
yeah, once, once I had my head injury, like I wasn't able to do that. And I'm super thankful for yoga that it was, it was something that I could do. Um, it was cool kind of like catching myself. Um, so, so a big part of what I've been trying, attempting to do over the last five months is just like accept, um, that like my body might not be able to do all the things that I used to do. Um, oh my God, here I go. I'm going to get all emotional again. <laughs> um, and, and yoga has been great for that. Cause it's like, it doesn't matter wh- where you're at. Like you could, it could be your first day and you like, I mean, yeah, there's just, it could be your first day where you like go into your forward fold and like can barely touch your fingertips to the ground, which was literally where I was at when I started yoga. And then like, or you could be like, you know, standing on three blocks and be able to like palm the ground. Um, like it doesn't matter where you're at. Like the like a big what a, a big what I've taken from yoga is like accept where you are where you, like wherever you're at. It's okay. <laughs> like um, <laughs> and you're still gonna like if you're open to it uh, benefit from from it all. Um, so yeah, it's I, I would catch myself um, with these kind of like competitive like thoughts in my head where I would be like okay like tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna do yoga and um by the end of the day I'm gonna be able to like get my forward fold down like (laughs) and I would like and then I'd be like why Darby like (laughs) I mean like yeah those things are great and those things are cool but like just kind of like allowing myself to do like what felt good um and not I don't know if this is making sense but just kind of like being it's like taught me more to like just like go with the flow and like go with like what feels good and um while still being able to like challenge myself towards new things also (laughs) for me and i'm i would expect i think for you i think we even talked about this one day you can feel from a from a physical activity standpoint you can feel so much more successful than another day i mean Mm -hmm. what you what you can do or can't do on any given day could be really different and Patrick you just have done an amazing job of of uh, you know coaching that and teaching that every day is a different day <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. you know your knee could be wonky one day you're back another day whatever whatever your movement is restricted or maybe if the the uh, dreaded too much sugar in the hamstrings <laughs> are, are in trouble but but uh but I, I, I have had the same thing, you know, I still, I think we all have a certain competitive nature and, you know, I'm still going after my melasana. That's why everybody should practice yoga with their eyes closed. I know, we've tried, <laughs> <laughs> fell over a couple times. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that that is really an underappreciated thing. And it really is an underappreciated portion of vitality, right? It's an underappreciated thing is just not being competitive in yoga. Vitality was remarkably non-competitive um, as a community. And I, I always loved and appreciated that. And there's always somebody who has has a competition with someone. That's fine. But as a collective, the, the group, um, we're just really incredibly welcoming and kind. And I think that's what kept me there in the beginning. Yeah. Because I never, before Vitality, I would go to a gym, 
but I would never do anything in a class format. Yeah. I did not enjoy that format at all. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I And so I never felt a sense of competition with another person in the room ever. Yeah. Anything, any competitive spirit that I had was me against me. Yeah. But, but I never felt it in the room. I, I never felt anything but 100% comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. So you should be when you're practicing yoga. And and, it, you, and we were. <laughs> um, so it's like the world starts to shift towards towards these new yoga experiences. Um, I'm really I'm really worried for um, boutique fitness. You know, Vitality will definitely not be the only yoga studio to close because of 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 this shelter in place order across the country um and i think one of the interesting things is how little how little logic went into how how the businesses were treated right so gyms yoga studios whatever fitness industry was the first industry one of three restaurants, bars, and fitness facilities that were forced to close first. Um, so impacted initially before anyone else in a, in a more significant way. And they were kind of second stage as to being allowed to come back. The reason that they were bumped up in the allowed to come back stage was because Big giant gyms spent a ton of money lobbying politicians so that that would be the case. I, you know, maybe this is conspiracy theory. Maybe it's just smart business. I don't know. But if I'm a big giant gym and, and my business cannot take in more than 15% of our consumers anyway, so giant gyms, their business model is to operate with 10 to 15% of their paying users actually using their facility. If more than that were to show up, they would be over capacity for their physical space and could be shut down by a fire marshal. So their business plan is that 10 to 15% of paying customers use their facility. That works out really good in this type of situation. If you're a small boutique studio and you need 80% occupancy to break even, being told that you're going to be able to have 50% occupancy is not, a, is not, that's not, that opening plan is not a, a feasible solution to stay open and in business. So if I'm a giant gym and I need 10% of my customers to come back, 10% of my customers will be able to use my facility, not come back, use my facility. Everybody needs everybody needs revenue or, or, or all places are going to close. But if I'm a giant gym and I can get the okay to open fitness facilities, I know that by doing that early, I can shut down this new industry of boutique fitness studios that has started to take a significant portion of my business away. So if I'm, if I'm in that position and I have the capital to be lobbying politicians, it might not be just that they wanted to get open so, so quickly. It might be other things like they realized the massive opportunity in putting out 
a lot of these smaller competition pieces that were taking a significant portion of the revenue away over the last 10 years. And I don't know if that's a real thing, but I know that a lot of the people running those giant gyms are really smart and they have really incredible foresight. So I, I do, I really, you know, again, vitality is not, it's not unique. It's not special in this circumstance. And I, I really, really worry about the capacity of, of a lot of boutique fitness to, to stay functioning and operational during this time. So if you have a place, support it. Make sure that you do everything you can. Yeah, you, you got to do that because it's even, I don't want to dwell on this part of it too much, but it's, it's more than just operating at a reduced capacity. You, yeah. you know, that's, that is essentially in really simple terms, a reduction in revenue. Okay. Right. But the cost increase is also significant. And that's what you were facing. Um, in addition is, you know, and not to out. mention the like things that we never talk about, right? Like people calling and threatening lawsuits and <laughs> right. like for operating your business during a time when you're allowed to operate your business. That's right. So the like increased cost, potential potential legal liabilities that you have no capacity to understand. Multiple of those. Um, on top of on top of reduced capacity to earn income it's a really it's a really devastatingly maybe maybe devastating is too big a word but challenging is not large enough of a word devastating is is where it's at patrick i mean that's that's the right word (laughs) it's devastating yeah devastatingly challenging because some some operators will make it through right whether they have uh, incredible amounts of, of capital available or whether they figure out some way to operate within this current set of challenges and restrictions. Some some boutique fitness businesses will definitely make it through this. But some will and some will some not. will appear to make it through in the near future and and will struggle down the road a bit because we're we're you know with the government stimulus and the, the CARES Act provisions, they're depending upon the certain little components of your business model, you're you're on life support right now as a small business in this in this industry. And and I think I think the reality is um, if things hadn't happened exactly how they happened in 2019, we could have made it through this, right? Like you know Lisa, I came to you early in 2019 and I was like, hey like I don't have the financial resources to do this. We're not there's no way we can continue. And you talked me out of that. <laughs> so like and and over the course of 2019 through a shitload of work. Like I'm not big on profanity on this podcast, but it was a shitload of work to make happen. Um, and it required a lot of Lisa support for sure. But over the course of 2019, Vitality got back to where it should have started, right? Like Vitality got back to where it should have started, but then we got hit with basically the same situation two years in a row. Mm -hmm. And that was just, there wasn't a way to overcome two years of this. There may have been a way to overcome one year of this. But two years in a row was, I mean, 
if I had infinite capital, we could have done it. That wouldn't have been a problem, but turns out I did. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, I mean, again, not going to not going to discuss details of things specifically, but Patrick, you know, I don't think you'll be upset with me for saying that you, this was more of a labor of love for you and, and you gave it absolutely everything you had from a financial perspective, from, you know, a physical, intellectual, everything you had to offer, you know, you put your heart and soul into it and, and it showed, but yeah, it, there just, there is no way it was going to, survive the yeah it was not financially possible to survive not this but i also think that like yeah i put in i i put in a lot like i know some people reached out to me um and they were like man i'm really sad that that's the amount of money you made a year like yeah that's (laughs) i mean it wasn't a great wasn't a great income (laughs) but it was a great living Right. So I was, you can use that word. It was a great, like your income and living can be equivalent words, but they're not. Right. So yeah, I put a ton of heart and soul and physical energy and time and a, and a ton of money into Vitality, but it was all worth it. Right. It was like everything that I got out of Vitality. It was, it was so much more. Like I got, in, I just got incredible friendships. I got in, incredible opportunities to meet humans. I got these like, really unique and special opportunity to have the the right to to teach um and i just i'm just so grateful and thankful that it happened all the hard work was like yeah so worth it so so the best thing that could have been and i don't regret any any of that at all it's just it's just good it's just good in the end well and you know you a few minutes ago when you were talking and I've had, I've, you and I've talked about this before my definition of success, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an accountant. So my definition of success should be about dollars and cents. And I, I very candidly can say it, it is not. And so vitality may have closed its doors to a building. Yeah. Vitality was, and is, and I'm going to cry now, <laughs> um, a tremendous success. Yeah. And so you have not one time cried victim or, or yelled wrongdoing or poor me. Not one time. And I've talked to you every single day <laughs> for, I can't, a long time, you know, yeah. through, through the challenges of 2019. Through it through all. The, through, yeah. Through yeah. the good, the bad, and everything in between. and Mostly the bad and everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true. Point being, I think, it's a, I think it's a tremendous success. And everything that you've just gone through, telling us what you gained from your experience, you've given so much more to the rest of us. And I, I, I'm speaking... For myself, Darby's nodding her head. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> and I think we're, you know, she'll probably share. And I want, you know, right on this, on this podcast, you know, I really want to publicly thank you for everything uh, that you have. I paid them so little to make. <laughs> <laughs> 
to have them say that, and it was so worth it. <laughs> It just, it, yeah, it's just a cool, it's interesting, um, you know, Sakuru, Sakuru said this, and I, I just, I've never really pasted it together in a, in a way that I guess my brain was willing to accept until this moment, but he talks about this corruption of yoga uh, by, by getting into making it a business, and um, it's interesting. It's interesting because if you could pull out the if you could pull out the need, right? If you could pull out the need for money, and you could if you could just if you got two hundred people together, and you just said, "Hey, we're gonna support this yoga teacher, and we're gonna give them collectively fifty grand a year, and they're gonna teach us yoga seven days a week," you could get a lot of, of yoga teachers to sign mm-hmm. up for that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you get a lot of benefit between 200 people splitting up the 50 grand a year. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a bad deal at all. <laughs> Sounds like a good trade, right? And like, there's finances being exchanged there, right? But there's not the business component. And the business component really does mean, right, if you're, if you are constantly forced to acquire new faces and bodies, uh, energy that could be spent on your on your current students um, can go can go missing. It's actually why we stopped doing advertising at the start of 2019, right? So, start of 2019, business is in a very very bad shape, and the first thing that everybody tells you is when you're in bad shape, advertise because. Um, that's how you're going to make your money. And it's like the hardest thing to do is advertise because it costs money. But I knew we had been successfully advertising for five years. And I could directly correlate what was happening uh, every time we'd run a, every time we'd run a campaign to how it impacted the bottom line. But the amount of energy and time that was going into creating that was pulling away from what was needing to happen inside the studio with students and I just made a decision and pretty much everybody, I, I know I was there, so pretty much everybody when I announced that in, in the staff meeting thought that I was absolutely insane, but um, it worked. Like we, we got more students not by telling people we were better, but by being better, right? Like we didn't have to go out and, and hold up signs saying, come find Vitality. We did the best job we could every single day and because of that people told other people that vitality existed and that was a huge change in a way it's what in a way it was like taking a piece of the business component and and making it different but if you could instead of advertising and instead of doing all the other stuff that happens if you could just pay somebody to teach yoga and like work on on challenges through yogic philosophy and and talk through obstacles in life and how you expand dang that i'd like to do that that's the way to do it (laughs) so you're telling me that you you weren't just meditating (laughs) you had you had to run the business Uh, are you telling me (laughs) 
Yeah, that is that is a kind of a running running joke with Lisa and I. <laughs> <laughs> because there is, I know it. I, I've always kind of known it. Um, I I don't know exactly what it, like it, it's 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 not a harsh thing. There's nobody that. There's, I'm sure there's always people, but people don't, I don't think people thought of, um, me or the Vitality staff as like people who, who weren't necessarily responsible or didn't have work challenges or whatever. It's just that yoga challenges seem so different compared to accounting challenges or nursing challenges, right? They just, they don't seem like they're the same level of, of discomfort for the body. But the reality is the way our brain works, um, they've done tests on this. You can have the same physiological response to an email, the, the same amount of cortisol and stress and, and all of the stress hormonal function can happen by reading an email that can happen by being chased by a lion. So keeping that in mind, right? Like yoga teachers and yoga, yoga studio owners in particular, uh, there's plenty of challenges that can cause uh, stress and psychological stress and emotional stress and biological stress. In, in the same way as any other job that you have uh, or any other industry that you're in. And I think it's, it's a hard thing to keep in mind because when we go to a yoga studio, it's like our place of, of solitude and, and reprieve and it's our oasis of, and, and sanctuary where we get to hide away. But the people that are working there, it's kind of the exact opposite experience, right? It's not... It's still a sanctuary and that they're, but they're, they're, they're the guards. They're protecting the sanctuary. They're making sure that the sanctuary is there so that the public can come in and feel safe and, and be protected and be guided and be, be led and, and offered opportunities to expand. <clears throat> so that I think is a piece that's not necessarily surface level easy, easy when you walk into a yoga studio, when you walk into any, any comparable business as well. Any business at all, there's challenges. And our, our biology responds to challenges in, this, in, in very similar ways, no matter if there's real or not real threats and danger. You know, you comment on that, but, but that, that uh, comparison to the getting the nasty email to, yeah. was it chased by a lion or something like that? Yeah. You told me that, I don't know, a couple of years. And it made a huge difference. Mm. I recognized immediately that that response that you have in that moment when you're reading that awful email or that customer's in front of you being rude or whatever it is, that that's a, that it's very real. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a cool yeah. little insight and realization that was impactful for me to, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, help me. But, but yeah, you guys, I think there is a common, and I can say this, you know, I knew from the beginning, because just of my perspective in the world, what your life would look like outside of <laughs> what we saw when we walked through the doors at Vitality. Um, and I and I did the math in my head at Vitality the first day I walked in the door. So, you know, there yeah. there wasn't much that that uh, came as a surprise to me along the 
the path, but I, I can tell you just because of the number of people that would talk to me at the studio, you know, casually, that there really was, I think, a, a perception that yeah. that uh, your laugh, laughing experience, you know, the joy that we all got to share when we came through the door was was you 24 hours a day and that you, you weren't faced with the same challenge are and that's not true. But you you and the entire staff always preserving the space yeah. for us as Yeah. And I mean for the for the most part for the most part, me laughing is me. Right? Oh, it for sure. <laughs> it for sure is. But but we also know that you're getting those emails oh, and yeah. you're getting those phone calls, yeah. doing the marketing and yeah. you know, the scheduling, all yeah. of those things. And uh, you know, again, I have I have pre two thousand nineteen, post two thousand nineteen, but pre two thousand nineteen, um, for whatever reason, those those challenges, right? Those emails were really they were devastating to me. Really. Um, and post two thousand nineteen, basically, <laughs> I, I still get emails. <laughs> like you, you can like you send me these days anything you want and i kind of giggle about it right like i there's this uh ram das has this kind of saying that he has which is cultivate the watcher cultivate the watcher is like an interesting it's interesting to me because it's it's limiting um so if you if you kind of look at your life as this opportunity to observe things it, what it does is it allows distance and space so that your reactions are slower. And so, uh, if you have distance and space, you can, you, and you're cultivating this watcher experience, right? So you're seeing something happen and you're seeing how you respond. And then, and then after you've seen both of those things, maybe you offer a response, maybe you don't. Um, uh, it slows things down and it, it kind of puts you in, in a different place. It's a, it's an interesting Zen philosophy. Um, but I do think it's limiting in that I don't, want to just be a watcher i want to i want to experience everything and i want to be happy and proud with how i respond in the moment not like oh i had to think that through and worry about how i'm going to react to um but post there's just there's very few things that are actually going to get me like five minutes later i'm pretty much done yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i think my point was more that you are still navigating those same challenges. There are still definitely else. challenges. There are very real challenges. And, and I mean, this was a business, right? This was, this was my income. Right. <laughs> so like, this is a very real experience and real challenge. And, and when a human loses their business, like, yeah, it's a real thing. Whether it's yoga or whether it's whatever, computer programming. It doesn't matter what that is. It's a very real thing when someone loses their business. So, so it's real. Thank you for saying that. I know it. I know it is <laughs> for sure, right? But you you have also had to, in this time, chosen to and, and done so very well, to be there for all of us as we're mourning this loss. And this loss is incredibly impactful. Um, and it's literally a mourning. I, I feel that it is. Yeah. Um, 
but you're mourning it as well in your own way, and you're still giving to to all of yeah. You know. I mean, the reality is that makes it easier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, that makes it easier. But yeah, I think mornings are really interesting. You know, there's so many different reactions to the studio being closed down. Right? They, there are people that for sure celebrated the fact that it happened. Right? There's just without a doubt. There's, there were people that were devastated. And there were people that... There, there was one person who was mad. Right? Like, <laughs> mad at me. And I was like, I lost my business. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Like, it's a weird perspective. But yeah, I, I, I tried. I promise. I didn't. I tried. So, like... There were so many different perspectives on the experience that I did find myself like really, really having some distance and some space and being able to just watch and appreciate um, what what blossomed out of of those six years and then of the last year period, which is really like my vitality, and then at the end. Right? There were just these things that blossomed out of this. I sat down with a student the other day, and he was like, man, I'm like kind of bummed that it took the studio closing down for us to like build a friendship. Yeah, we probably could have done this without the studio closing down, man. Like, <laughs> we, we can hang out anytime. <laughs> like, I don't... I, it's easy. So, but it felt like it, what happened, um, was the studio closing down, broke down some walls for people. Like I had people reach out and really like say, you know, your classes were so impactful and they, they helped me through this really challenging time in my life. And I just like, I can't express enough how much your teaching was able to, and your teaching in your studio was able to impact my life. And I just heard lots of things that I would have never had the opportunity to hear. So they're telling you, yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone wasn't like that, but I do think like people should be like that. If a if you are in the presence of a human, te- like yoga teacher, and not I, I was gonna say yoga teacher, but human who's like impacting you, tell them because they might be making twenty thousand dollars a year, but it might not matter. If they can get enough of the like, hey, you really impacted my life. That might be all they need to keep going. That's my definition of success. Yeah, that's, that is success. Like, that's legit success. I, I think that's the perfect definition. That's what it is. So just not... I, I really, like... Shoot, I appreciated every single message. And I stayed up to the wee hours of the morning responding to everyone. If I missed you, I am so sorry. I responded to every single message I could (laughs) but um and I loved it like I loved getting that feedback and hearing those things and and getting these windows of insight that I didn't have but shoot I would have loved it when we were open too like I would freaking loved any day of the week to open up my email and like say wow I impacted that person's life or the Whoever, another teacher impacted this person's life, the studio is making a difference. That's amazing. <laughs> it's funny why we, as humans, wait. It's too late or too until late. we're separated from... I know I, I try to uh, make it a point to, to not do that. 
but I'm sure there's areas of my life where I where I do that. For sure. There's areas of everyone's life, right? Because that's the other thing is there's also, we could probably spend all of our lives just, just walking around telling people how much they're impacting our lives. <laughs> because it's true. So I understand that. But man, just like every now and then. And then, shoot, have I done a good job of that? No. Have I done it? Yeah, I've, I've done yeah, that. Yeah, you do a pretty good job. But I could do better, right? Like, I could do better, for sure. And and that's, like, another thing is that it's kind of, like, segre- like responsibility is freedom. It's like, I'm going to tell you how much I appreciate you, and then I feel good, you yeah. feel good, and then that's just going to, like, spread. And that is, like, yeah. as as people, as students of this world, like, that is our responsibility is to, like... Yeah, make things make better. Make things better. Yeah, like impact people. Because like, we're super quick to tell people when, when it's shitty. Mm-hmm. Right? We're super quick to be like... That spreads a lot faster. And, yeah. and it's like, it it's... You you think it's... it's. I think you, you said this to me. It's like always easy to share when you're unhappy about something. Like you can yeah. do it with like a scoff. You can do it with a facial expression. Um, but it's just as easy to do that with positivity. Like to yeah. send... Like, Smile at people, give people compliments, like, and spread joy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think sometimes we're we're walking around and we're we're not being aware. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. We we aren't even recognizing those moments mm-hmm. all the time. You know, Patrick is gratitude has <laughs> been yeah. for yeah. forever. Some days it's real easy; it's right yeah. in front of yeah. you, yeah. and other uh-huh. days you you have to go find it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, I, I guess we're too caught up in our wheel. Whatever, we're we're not always um, aware. And then sometimes I think that we think other people for sure. Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. And we don't say it. Yeah. And then without if you're me, sometimes no, you never say it too much. That's the thing. Yeah. I do. I do think that a lot of the not saying it comes from like a self conscious place of oh, they already know and. This won't impact them. It'll it impact does. them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think um, that the conversation you were describing a few minutes ago with one of your students, I think it also highlights what happens in big change situations. Like you're, you're almost for sure going to have some some really cool new experiences and new friendships come out of this um, that are unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of, you've said this from the beginning, like, oh, I mean, you've said this on the podcast before, like, all these hard things, like, are just opportunities. (laughs) For sure. They are. Hard things are only opportunities. Yeah, Yeah, but I don't like it when you say that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's still true. (laughs) That's why I don't like it. Um, all right. So what are, what are, um, both of you, I want to know if there are any, like, what are just some highlights? Do you have any memories that just stand out as like, just what Vitality was to you? Like any, any specific stories or memories that? (laughs) I probably don't. My, my, my memory and my highlight is just like, it was 2019 to the, the day we day closed to the last class. Um, and I got, I, I, 
I taught the very last class at Vitality. I mean, that's pretty, I, I guess I had a lot of wheels. So the, the chances were high I was going to teach the last <laughs> class, but I did. Well, you know, they, that day, Yeah. I don't take that class. Yeah, I that's had right. Never you taken, were there. I had never <laughs> taken that class. Something just told me I could not leave the building that day. I remember I that. Could not. Do you want to know what what my like most like abundantly joy filled? There there's there are so many um, memories and experiences. Mm-hmm. That I know it. Is the high five Monday class. night? <laughs> <laughs> it was I. And I just, I sat and I watched. I don't remember how many people were in there. I want to say 25, 26 people in the class and then yeah. a couple other. I don't know if, Darby, if you've had the chance I to saw see the video. the video. Yeah, I but, saw the video. I mean, the whole class had that feeling. It was an hour of just, I, I can't put it into words. And I just, I was sort of, while I was there, experiencing it I was watching (laughs) for him and and I was just my joy was coming from that and I that's gonna that'll be that was one of those it was just one of those everything came together perfect that night (laughs) like yeah so it was Monday so it was the second time I told that story Uh, and the second time usually is my worst time I think telling (laughs) it But that night, like, I never, I will never tell that story that perfectly, right? Like, that story just, every single note hit that night, and the, the group in there was just the perfect. Energy the the energy was, was just perfect. That night, if if you made it to that night, yeah, <laughs> that night was incredible. It, it was, was so fun. The most impactful single moment. Yeah, the high five story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And really, there was a huge shift for me, right? Like, I say all of 2019. All of 2019 was not the highlight reel, for sure. Uh, but but, but <laughs> two, two, 2019 was a highlight reel. Um, but there was a shift, right? Like, there was a point somewhere in 2019, I was like, I'm telling stories in class. It's the thing I've always wanted to do. And uh, I there's no one that can tell me no. So <laughs> we're telling stories in class. And that for me was a huge shift in, uh, in my teaching. It let me, one of the things that telling stories for me really started to shift. It's again, it's a Sakuri thing. And I'm just going to keep going. It's a Sakuri thing. It's a Sakuri <laughs> thing. But he talks about how he has, 10 to 12 processes running in his brain at all times, right? So he's doing telling stories really allowed me to add this like third or fourth layer of processes going on in my brain. So, right. You have the, the teaching component, like you're, you're creating a class. Um, then you're creating this story component that's being told in the class. Then you're also observing the room for, for safety procedures and then you're always thinking of this like backup thing, which is just like life. There's this life background that that just kind of kind of kicked in, and that didn't really kick in until I started to t- tell stories in class. So I all of a sudden, while I'm telling stories and teaching yoga, I'd have all of these ideas that were just popping into my head, and I'd come out of class and we 
write those things down and we'd start making those things happen. But those ideas didn't, they just didn't happen until I started teaching stories and running another program while teaching. So that was really interesting and fascinating. And it just, it changed, it changed teaching for me. It, it made it so much, it, it connected me to classes in a way that I, I hadn't been prior to my doing that. And that was worth it. <laughs> Those stories were so impactful. Sometimes they were a bit infuriating. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, okay, he's calling me out. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I wasn't ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it could just be if the shoe fits kind yeah. of scenario, but... It's 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 always nice when you're like, yeah, that's somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it never was. It never was. Not yeah. a single no. time. Uh-uh. Well, I think the reality is it's ne- it, it, it never is somebody else because they're all stories about things that we all do. Right. right. They're universal messages. The, the fear in telling the stories is that, though, right? Is that there's somebody in the room like... Well, that's somebody else, so I don't, I don't need to worry about this message. <laughs> well, that for sure happened. I'm sure that happened. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. Uh, yeah. What about you, Darby? Did you have? I know. I know the first. I know the first cultivating joy was it was impactful. Thought was yeah. there any other highlights for you? And you were there for five months. There was. Uh, there was this one class that, I like. It was a. It was a Wednesday night. I don't know, but we did a lot of like hamstring opening, which is my favorite thing. Um, and the story was, uh, I think it was the apple. Um, the tell tell you what, yeah, tell tell people like that you want an apple if you want an apple. Um, which is one of my one of my favorite messages, just because like that's something that you shared with me. Um, when, when we first met and that I have not like had the opportunity <laughs> to share with so many people. Um, and I love it. Cause it's like when, when people, when you like put it in such a simple way like that, um, it like, people are like, well, yeah, like you can, you just can't, it's a universal truth. You mm-hmm. cannot argue with it. That like, if you tell people what you want, like it's, yes, it's scary because you might not get it and they might, you know, whatever, like brush you off. But, um, that it just makes everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just loved, I think, I think like the first time I heard the story, like I just cried through it because I was like, oh, I'm getting called out. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I honestly probably cried that second time I heard the story too, but, um, but it just like really, it just like all clicked and I, I was like feeling so good physically and it was like a big class and just one of those like, it, it, it was honestly less about the experience and more about just like the feeling, um, that, that it brought. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't even have like specifics of that day, except like that I know that that was that story and I know how it makes me feel, which is, which is just powerful. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was, I like that question. Do you guys have any, do you guys have any other questions that might be worthwhile as like a closure? Well, go ahead, Darby. No, no. I, I'm, I don't think that's true, but <laughs> um, 
I think, um, I guess this is less of a question and more of just, um, vitality, like even being a part of it for a short time, like it, it is something special. And even though the studio is gone, um, like the community is not, um, and you like, and that can be seen. I mean, that could be seen like even when we were closed and doing outside yoga, like the people that came were, they came and they were ready to do yoga and they were excited to be there. And, um, like having the, like, just because the studio and this is going, like, just goes to everybody. Like just because the studio is gone does not mean vitality is gone. Like, I mean, one, we still have the online stuff. Um, but like it was, it was just, it was more, it's, it is more than just a studio. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a super cool thing. We (laughs) used to talk a lot and, and I, I think lots of times I would come to the studio, particularly if I was stressed or something, go, just go into the room or just walk into the room. And Patrick would say, yeah, it's a pretty special place, right? And so I made an association for a long time, the space. And the space was amazing, right? It was amazing. But it was amazing not because of the walls. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It, or or the plates or the floors. or It, it was amazing because of the energy mm. and the people and the experience. And so... Um, First couple times that I've been at the studio since we officially closed a little bit hard, I'm sure <laughs> everybody's. The the further that we get away where I can look, this space is is no longer providing that challenge. And so I don't I, I do I'm I'm curious to know thoughts on that, Patrick. I think it's it's interesting. There's another thing where when I talked to the staff, uh, they thought I was crazy. Maybe this was actually like about as close as we got to a staff revolt. Is I sat everybody down and I said, hey, like, I'm going to protect the energy of this space. And the space itself is going to be sacred and protective enough that I don't need you to be coddling students. I need you to be leading students. And I want you to be pulling students forward so that they rocket ship through the universe. And that was basically the speech I gave to the staff. And... Uh, <clears throat> And for the next hour, I had to calm everybody down so that everybody didn't quit. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you go. And it's too bad. It's too bad there's not film with these two events. Because um, three months later, at the next meeting, I the meeting was basically talking about how sacred the space was and how uh, amazing that had worked out and <laughs> wasn't like it was my idea anymore. Right. It was just the thing that they had. So that space was like really special and sacred, but it wasn't the physical space. It was the fact that there was a, a, a remarkable amount of intention and attention put on making it. And the thing that I found out from that is I can create that space anywhere. Right. So I can create that, that sanctuary energy, uh, anywhere. And sooner or later, that's going to happen again. Right. What form that looks like, who knows, but sooner or later, that's going to happen. Um, I know that I've had conversations with a number of people, at least in this, in these moments, right. Where, they want to find ways to get together on a, on a regular or semi-regular basis and practice again together. And I know that we'll do that. Like 
we're going to figure that out, what that looks like. I don't exactly know. I have lots of ideas, but I don't exactly know what that looks like. Um, but I know it's going to happen. Like it's, there's going to be an opportunity to practice together again. And when we do practice together again, that feeling will be there because that is my job <laughs> to make sure that feeling is there wherever it is, whether it's outside in a park or whether it's in somebody's basement. It doesn't, I know we're in Arizona. There's only three <laughs> There's basements. There's a few. We, we can find a basement. We can find a basement for sure. <laughs> now we're going to go find a basement. <laughs> but that, that feeling can exist anywhere. And, um, and with enough attention and intention, and it's not just from one person, right? It's not just from me. It's from it's from the, the community and the group that gets there and gathers there and, and becomes part and shares energy there. So sooner or later, uh, hopefully hopefully more sooner rather than more later. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything else? I think more if there's anything anything for you to share. You know, how how are you? Yeah, how, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> be more descriptive. Be more descriptive. Um, no, but I am really good, right? You guys both know, and there are a remarkably few amount of people who know uh, all of the things that are going on and have been going on over this shutdown time for me. But I think it was like exactly a week before um, the lockdown order was in place. I found out my dad had colon cancer. Um, the treatment process for that was delayed because there weren't hospital beds or doctors available to get him in for surgery. I finally got him in for surgery. Um, that prognostication is diagnosis, whatever's relatively good, um, at least initially. But then in the middle of that, his mom, who lives out here, had a heart attack, and then a couple weeks later, after semi-recovering from the heart attack, fell and broke her hip and her shoulder. Uh, she got moved into hospice a couple days ago. I don't know, time so doesn't his, matter anymore. Just to for anyone that's living, his mom is Patrick's grandma. My dad's mom is my grandma. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and she was on the podcast. She, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh-huh. She Last was on summer. the podcast. She yeah. Was, yeah. So my grandma, who was on the podcast... Uh, yeah, so her time is getting really, really close to the end, and um, we can't visit her. My dad can't travel, and so there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there, um, just with the family component, and then on top of that, uh, Darby and I now we're getting into some real big things. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Darby and I are um, going to take a year to go out to Colorado and help take care of my parents. Uh, so those aren't necessarily things that I thought we'd, we'd get into or talk about, but those are things that are going on. And all these things have been happening very quickly. And uh, I was describing it the other day as like, you know, you have a challenge and it feels like, like, ride that wave out. And you're like, all right, yeah, rode that wave out. And then a bigger wave comes and then, you know, like, a bigger wave comes. And you're like, whoa, like, hey, <laughs> when are these waves going to chill out a little bit? Because this is a lot of work. And they just keep coming and the waves are just relentless. <laughs> and everything's a challenge. 
that everything that is a challenge is an opportunity, right? So all of these things are happening. They're not unique to me. They're not special to me, but they are happening and they do present challenges and they do present opportunities. How do we, how do we, how do we grow and how do we, how do we take care of each other better because all of these things are going on. So like all of that being said, there's, there's like, like a couple of things that I like to call out whenever I do, whenever I do share these details about my life. And the first one is that I recognize that it's, it's, I'm not unique or special that, that my grandmother is, is going to pass away. Uh, I'm not unique or special that my dad is also going to pass away, right? Like those, my mom also, my brother also, I also am going to pass away. These are all things that are going to happen to every single one of us. Um, and I think the more that we keep that in mind, the, the more grounded we are with, with our thoughts and with our, with our interactions with other humans. So those are, those to me are really good things to keep in mind, but they're also challenging, right? They're also, they're also difficult, even when they're the best case scenario. Um, and the best case scenario for our lives is our grandparents outlive our parents, our parents out. Our parents outlive our grandparents and we outlive our parents, right? Those are, that's the best case scenario is that we, we outlive those who gave us life so that they don't have to suffer the grief of losing us. And that doesn't sound remarkably fun or pleasant, but it is the best possible outcome that you have in this life. So you may as well embrace that. Absolutely. I just, I just want to note that um, while you are correct, I'll agree <laughs> that you're not terminally unique in your life's experiences and the number of challenges. It's a lot. It is a lot. I just, I, I want you to know. And vitality is still, it's still there. Not the same right now. Yeah, it's not the same. But that doesn't mean it's worse. No. So I, I think that... There are things that couldn't be done because the physical vitality existed, right? And that doesn't mean that, uh, doesn't mean the physical, there's not a physical vitality in the future or whatever, right? Like, I, I don't know what the future has, but I do know that there are always trade-offs to everything. Whether, whether the thing you're doing is the greatest and most perfect thing ever, or it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you, there's trade-offs. And... The, the trade-off that I made with Vitality is that my time, my energy, and my financial resources were drained, right? Like that, that was just part of being a part of Vitality. It wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't a good thing. It was just what Vitality was. And now it's a different situation, right? There's no, there's no, there's no physical Vitality, um, which is like, a place was remarkably successful, but as a business, it was a tremendous failure. As a, as a business, as a business, Lisa, you've done my taxes. As a business, it was a tremendous failure, but as a place, it was it was incredible. It was it was beautiful and and it was perfect. So there. I recognize that there's there there's the potential for more to come from from what is available now, right? Because things are different. 
So how do we make it more? That's that's the that's the challenge. That's the opportunity. That's what we'll figure out. <laughs> 2021. There's a lot of 2020 left. We'll probably figure a few things out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to go there. <laughs> yeah. We won't sit around too long. <laughs> no. You're not capable of yeah, it. Not a strong suit of yours. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for being you.